Hey, hello everybody. Yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So of course that means UK Cowboy time. How we doing? All the gang. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good to see so many of us on tonight. Not yeah. not a nice intimate chat like last week, Mike. I know that <laughs> hey, we, we absolutely ripped for that show. It was an early night for us last week. Mm. <laughs> got through what we needed to especially on a quiet um week of news as well and then uh here we are but yes it is the off season we're into the positional breakdown series last week we looked at some news cowboys news looked at the quarterbacks on the cowboys roster this week is running backs but we've got a lot more news to dive into uh this week um should we just crack straight into it guys yeah, yeah. let's go for it all right let's hit it Okie dokie. All right, let's start off with the big one, right? Is that first, the first OTAs, so all the team together, is uh, a week today, the 24th, Thursday. Um, they've also announced as well that the Chargers and the Cowboys are going to have a joint practice as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a like, spicy one. Like, I think that is going to be great for us, especially that, like, when you've got that defensive line, like the Chargers have right now, mm -hmm. like, if anything, like, it, even though it may be practice, but this is going to be so beneficial to our O line, like, to get those important reps in, get everything, get everything nailed out up against top players like Bosa, mm -hmm. Khalil Mack, etc. Mm -hmm. et so, I am yeah. all down for that. I think that's great for camp. And it's LA. Yep. Yeah. Completely, completely agree. I mean, especially when you go, um, obviously we'll probably be going on to talk about this, the, the schedule release. Within the first six weeks of our schedule, we have five of the teams that had the, were in the top 10 uh, rush defense last year. Um, and, you know, also attacking the quarterback as well. So um, we really need Tyler Smith to hit the ground running. Um, and we need to know what we've got with uh, the likes of Terrence Steele. Yeah, true. We need, to, um, we need to acknowledge just the when you mentioned the schedule and the big sigh that Paul had. <laughs> just the breathing, you were like... <laughs> well, it sounded like it to me anyway. I was like, oh, God, he's not looking forward to this one. No, no, no. Well, a big sigh over the, char the, the Chargers. No, 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 like the, when um, Lorne brought up about the schedule, just generally. Ah, uh, yeah, on, yeah. Was just like, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, I kind of know that now. Like, so I have my, like, I think our schedule from an actual Cowboys fan perspective is actually in our favour. Like the way how it pans out from the geographically side of things, but as a traveling fan like myself, I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it because like the games that you really would love to go to, like for example Tennessee, that is right after Christmas. That is not really great timing as if you're coming from overseas and stuff like that. Mm. And Green Bay, it, it's two away games in a row type of thing. If you're what a plan going to. A home game and an away game type of thing it's it adds up me a money type of thing that for as a traveling fan but in terms of an actual general cowboys fan if you're just watching it from the tv screen whatever our schedule is really good for the players really really good like from, yeah. from 
Because when you think about it, like the Green Bay game in particular, they only have to travel X, not well, maybe a two hour flight to go to like say Detroit or something, or is it, or is it the other way about? So everything kind of works really well ge 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 geographically. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into the schedule in a minute. Um, we'll really have a, a good dive into that one. Um, but here's an interesting fact for you. The Dallas Cowboys undrafted free agent signings that they had. Um, mm. CBS did a ranking on them. The Cowboys are actually first, and it's the fourth year in a row they've come first. Yeah. So so you just see the the job that we do on selling selling the team as well. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's only a couple of guys that we've actually got guaranteed money issued either in signing bonus or in guaranteed money against their um their against the cap as well so i mean you're not having to fork out a lot of money for these guys to come on where some teams will be forking out at least 50 grand to to try and get them to sign um mm. Yeah, and talking of signing, um, Jake Ferguson is the only one of the draft picks that has yet uh, to be signed. Um, other news then is I don't know if um, if any of you follow the the scouting or, or the staff movements, but uh, Drew uh, Fabianek, who was the Cowboys national scout, uh, been in that position since two thousand four, has been. Uh, released, he's moved on. Um, in his time, 11 that is so 40 in his 14 years in the position, he's had 11 first round pro bowlers being drafted to the team. Um, something to be said there. Um, but he has moved on, which is unfortunate. Um, but yes, let's move on though, guys. Um, we'll talk about rookie mini camp after this, but let's talk about the schedule, guys, because we didn't get chance last week um, i mean our show finished about two hours before the schedule release and then we touched on it briefly here's an interesting one for you uh the cowboys have five prime time games which is bad mm -hmm. if you're a uk or a european fan uh that's the second most mm -hmm. i will say Yay. this it's not just america's team it's the world's team and the world's team are pretty much getting shafted when it comes to the being a world's fan right now Yep. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen what? the the info that came out? I saw it via um Mike Fish. Mm. Oh Mike Fish, I should say. Um the what was it? I think it was the the assistant or the vice president of the basically the, the team that puts together the schedule. Um the main things they look at, they turn around, they said obviously is getting the most bang for buck um, in terms of the games, because obviously money is a big factor um, and having it being worth watching. And he said, oh, yeah, you always watch for the likes of where Tom Brady is in the schedule, when, when he's going to be playing, where Aaron Rodgers is. Um, and he mentioned the Dallas Cowboys as well as a team in general. Um, he also mentioned Joe Burrow, Allen as well, being taken into account, and again mentioned the Cowboys. So in, in, in the space of a couple of minutes he's mentioning individual players and then the cowboys twice so the the nfl has basically just admitted what they do in terms of the cowboys so it, it is an, an incontrovertible fact that the cowboys will always have a decent amount 
not only a decent amount of primetime games, but the schedule is done with the Cowboys in mind because of how popular they are. So when Paul says it's the world's team, he's, he's damn right, and they know it. And oh, they yeah, yeah I mean, that. yeah, because you're, you're guaranteed to get an audience anyway, whether it's, you, you know, because obviously, as we've seen at, at Wembley, you know, anytime you go, it's the Cowboys fans versus 31 other teams. Um, and that's pretty much anybody that tunes in to watch the Cowboys game. You're either cheering for the Cowboys or you're cheering against the Cowboys, no matter what your allegiance is um, to to any other team that's playing that day. If if the Cowboys are the America's game of the week on Fox or CBS, that's you know you tune in and watch that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's an interesting one for you though. Um, I very much like that we have this year our bye week in week nine. I think that's quite important. That's like literally right yeah. down the middle. But here yeah. is what's good. Is week 10. The week 10 game is Green Bay. So we get to prepare for one of the hardest games of the season. And what is also significant is um, the time of the year it is. Because obviously being so far up north, um, you know, later in the season gets a bit colder, gets a bit choppier. The fact that it's that early in the year is a good thing too, which means uh, the Cowboys aren't trying to play a complete cold or snow game. Um, Cowboys at Thanksgiving, right? And I made this note because I thought this was quite good. Tell me what you think, how many wins on this there is, right? So you've got Giants at Thanksgiving, right? Pretty confident, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's not, it's not it's not the most appealing game for a Thanksgiving game, to be perfectly honest. True, true. Given that it could very be heavily lopsided, but a lot can happen. It's, um, it's as they say, the regular nothing's regular about the regular season. Um, so then after that, so th these are the games after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, you go, okay, yeah, we'll take that as a win. Colts, I'll take that as a win. Yep. Texans, Texans. Yep. Take that as a win. Absolutely. Jags, Jags I'll take that as a win. Eagles, yep. which is at AT and T. I wouldn't. That's at AT and T. Uh, you you can you can split that game. You can go yep. either way. Titans, yep. I'll take that as a win. And Washington, definitely taking that as a win. So think about this, right? That from Thanksgiving, November to the end of the season, you've got one, two, three, four, five. You're looking at six, possibly seven wins. The back yeah. end of the schedule from Thanksgiving on is extremely forgiving for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, I was kind of going over this with Meg about regards to the strength of the schedule and stuff like that, and we kind of broke down who we think would win and that. I, I've, like, so I, I, I'm trying to remember, Meg went for nine and eight... And I went for eleven and six. Mm -hmm. six. I, I think I think it was eleven and six. So let me just kind of I recap. Think, that. I think I think you're right, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know why. I and, and I'll touch on the, the rest at the end of the schedule, Mike. But for mm -hmm. the, so I'll run down for all the games. I've actually got us beating the Bucks this time. Mm. Re the only reason thing... why I'm reason why I'm saying that is because it's. Brady's probably last ever game to play against us away from home, lately. 
right? He's undefeated. We need to make sure he does not leave Texas undefeated. That's <laughs> no option. The only thing uh, I will say about the beginning, the first two weeks, because uh, a lot well, of Cowboys... Well, well, I was I was trying to, I was going to run through the rest of the games quickly, but but I've got us losing to the Bengals. I've got us losing. Uh, win against the Giants. Win against the Commanders. Lost to the Rams. Lost to the Eagles. For Lions possibly. Yeah, Lions is a win. Bears was a question mark for me. I think you just no. don't know. No, no. I I honestly think like the Bears. You just don't know who's going to show up. No. One day. One day they're looking absolute ballers in one week, and but even though the record is absolutely terrible, but anyway, Packers is a loss. Vikings, yes, I think if we can do it last year, I'm sure we can do it again. Giants at home win. Colts question mark. Texans win. Jags win. Eagles question mark. Even though it's at home, Titans question mark. If we can stop Derek Henry in the run game, it's a question mark. Late, later win. in the season, yeah. think about this. You've got Titans at the end. Of, so their, their primary attacking player, which is a running back, is now you're getting him so late in the season. That's a big thing. That's why I got him as a win. Hmm. And and typically at, towards the end of the season, the Derek Henry's being rested up in some some respect. He's either injured or he's being rested up. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Tannehill had a bad year last year. They've traded away AJ Brown, so mm-hmm. you know it, it, potentially that one's looking good. Yeah. What I would say is, if we lose to the Bears and Detroit, and then you add in the the fact that you're you're starting against some really good teams that week, does Mike McCarthy get to go to Green Bay after the bye week? You know, the yeah. bye week's the perfect time to make any decision. Okay, we've only ever fired one coach mid-season, and that's Wade Wilson. Uh, sorry, yeah. Wade Phillips. Um, yeah. And that typically that was after a Green Bay game. This this would be before Green Bay, you know. So yeah, yeah. Not to try and get ahead of ourselves, I think, and I, I'm curious to know, like, with your thoughts as Rich as well, and yourself, mate. There's like the way how our like I keep saying our schedule just throughout the whole season actually works in our favour. We've got a bye week against probably one of the toughest teams, which is Green Bay. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, from looking at the schedule again, we've got the a, a whole week to prepare for against the Rams, whole eight days, no, wait, uh, yeah, eight days to go to the Eagles. Then it's a six-day turnaround against the Lions. Then it's a week after. So if there's no condensed four-day turnaround of a game really this year. They do do go Thursday. I know that there's uh, they go for a run where it's short weeks where they go um, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday. But Mike McCarthy's already come out and said he he likes those weeks. He prefers it that way. Um, But the only thing I was going to say in terms of the schedule is I was going to say in terms of if the Cowboys went 0-2, I don't think that's significant at all. If you were to lose the first two games, Green Bay and Cincinnati. And you imagine, imagine like what the world would be like. Cowboys go 0-2. To start the season, the, the world, yeah, it'll be blo- it'll be blo- will be blown out of proportion 100. Yeah. Like, you, you'll have your Shannon Sharps, your Steve Naismith scored. Ah, oh, look at the Cowboys, look at their own, too. Yada, yada, yada. 
Who cares? Yeah. End of the day, these teams are like right now. Like, can you say these teams are probably bearing us? Like, my, my, like based on their roster right now, yeah, you could probably say they are. Would you be upset if we lost against a better team? No. But when you look at the rest of the, the whole schedule, it, it does. There's a good opportunity that we can actually come up on top in our in our division. Yeah, I mean, if yep. they split those games, they go one and one. Fine. Yeah, but if they were to go zero and two, I'm not panicking at all. No, just, not at all. No, not at all. Especially no. like when when you look at, at Thanksgiving and beyond, you go, "There's there's at least six wins from all those games." So you know that you can make up for it. And this is at a time of the year, like for the Cowboys, it starts off bad, then it gets a bit better, then it gets a bit harder, but then the back end of the season is so you just like. If, and this is a time when all the other teams are getting scrappier. The Cowboys can be like, okay. Yeah, we got it a bit easier for this time of year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Um, I think once we get to camp, we'll start doing some posts about record predictions once we start seeing the players a bit more. But talking about players, seeing them a bit more, rookie mini camp. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, uh, just so you know as well, I have been a little bit over-the-top relentless in my question asking to the people over in Dallas. So, um, I've been bombarding over-the-top? Oh, I've been bombarding them. I'm I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, just just so that our listeners here just understand, like, the preparation, the work that Mike does... Preparation H. Yeah, well, well, you said it, you said it, not me. <laughs> you said it, not me. But what I'm going to say is, like, the amount of work and effort that Mike puts into, like, so, like pestering Cowboys media and also getting his own, getting all the saucy details. Honestly, I tell him he does way too much. I really do. Like, I got really a lot does. of time on my hand. I got a lot of time on my hands. My boss doesn't <laughs> watch this show, so I can say it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you say that now until things become viral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I find I, I find out he's got a bot that he's put in. Like, ah. uh-huh. <laughs> a rookie mini camp. All right, so we're gonna start off from the very top. Trey Smith. Um, words being used are big arms, Trey bully. Uh, Taylor, Taylor, Tyler. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought. Could we not just let that slide? Like yeah, you just no. said about going viral. No. So, and, you know. <laughs> his, his arms have been told the top half of his body, huge. Another thing, a comment that came out was that for a guy his size, he's not this bumbling, bundling sort of um, uh, butterball. He can actually move. He's athletic with the size. Um, and it, they say it is surprising. Asking about no. the footwork. The footwork is saying that um already within the first few days of training you can see it's it's changed it's gotten better already Ooh. and that things are clicking and that's interesting play purely left guard they have just played him left guard not from mm-hmm. what i heard i thought i did hear he was getting moved in certain positions just for like just to kind of oh yeah the... yeah yeah for, for reps yeah 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 yeah, but... yeah, yeah. But I think it was just more of a, like, just have a wee shot at right guard, have a shot at left tackle, just yeah. to kind of, just to get him understanding. Yeah. I think it was more a scenario, like, what he expects of himself, like, like if he was in that position, 
he knows what to expect in that position if Tyler Smith was there or Zach yeah. Martin was there. So he knows how to get that same wavelength within that O line, have that same you, you, je ne sais quoi. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, like yeah, to it's... flex their linemen around as well, don't they? To to make them put them in all the positions so they know kind of yeah, what to expect. Should have would Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, not, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a surprise at all, is it, Rich? It's not a surprise at all. <laughs> no. But the, the the best one I have heard is that they're talking about Smith and saying about it, and they've gone, uh, once you see the guy and you watch him play, instantly you go, oh, yeah, a first rounder. And that has been apparently a big mm. thing that a lot of people have been saying um, up and down media boards when they've been when they've asked and they've gone, well, what do you think of Smith? And they've gone, I can understand it now. I, I can see why, um, which is interesting. Um, we'll see how much better he gets along once they get more significant snaps with the first team. It's but another interesting. Guy... It's interesting as well because it goes to show what the media, by and large, specifically who were doubting that pick beforehand before they physically saw him at rookie minicamp yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think also, I mean, um, John Mashota on the About Them Boys podcast on The Athletic, he'd reached out to about four or five general managers. And okay, the general managers can spiel whatever they want, but the, the four or five that came back to him with quotes on Tyler Smith, they all had him as a second round pick. Mm. Maybe even maybe even late first, that they all said that you know raw, incredibly raw, but high ceiling, um, you know, and they reckoned that you know a, a, a year or two at guard, and then move him out to tackle, and you've potentially got the the basis of a hall of famer. They're not anointing him as a hall of famer yet, yeah, yeah. and obviously, but the potential's there, so. There, I mean, there has been. Oh, I mean, go on, let, sorry, Paul. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I was going to say, let's just not forget as well. We have been kind of critical about the whole pick itself, like, yeah, like, like, because obviously it was not so much the pick; it's more so the fact that the other players that were available. That was the thing we had our, mm-hmm. like, we, we could have got a a, a well decent good enough guard in the second round, like Canard or something like that, etc., etc. Yeah. Et but, but. But the thing is that if they, if I do trust the system, I do trust our yeah yeah yeah. Like, I like in terms of our like of all the years under uh, Will McClay, who's delivered as like so. Well, I don't know if he's delivered as Travis Frederick. I think he came in yeah. after that. I, I'm pretty. No, 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 no. no, no, he was. Right, yeah. so well, so so there you go. Um, so from Frederick to. Lyle, well, well, Lyle Collins was a blessing to disguise at the time. We got him on an undrafted mm. free agent. Mm. Then Zach Martin. So we had those guys, and you wonder them. And we like said Doug Free and uh, what's his face? Uh, went to Denver right after us. Mackenzie Bernadine. No, 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 no. Mackenzie never went to. Uh, Ron, Ron Leary. Ron Leary. Oh, Ron like, like that just completely uniformed that whole offensive line for, the, for a good solid uh, three years uh, under Tony Romo. Then then obviously, then we had to kind of start switching this up for Dak and stuff like that. Then, but the process says we've always had a good track record of drafting all linemen very high up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, As I said before, when the pick happened, is like, look, they have a track record of picking 
Pro Bowl offensive lineman in the first mm-hmm. round. Yes. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, yes. They shocked us before. Um, other and players in rookie go, mini camp. Who, 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 go, go on. Go, sorry. Go, I was just going to say one more thing. If there's one thing yeah. I love to love to do is like I like to be proven wrong and have humble eat humble pie. And mm-hmm. I think we're all do like we all like yeah. to be proven wrong. Like as and as a fan, like it's like you know what I was wrong. You're freaking awesome. There you go. Mm-hmm. As they always say, one of the best ways to know how to scout a player is get it wrong, because then you know what you did wrong. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Self, self-scouting, self-scouting. But um, other players who stood out as well, is ne- one who stood out more in terms of how he's come into camp, um, in terms of his physique and body with Sam Williams. People are saying he's turned up to camp just rocking. Um, he's gone out there. He's beating players in the backfield. He's doing everything. And people are saying, they are saying, uh, the comment I had was, if he was to say at this stage who was better when they got drafted, Sam Williams or Randy Gregory, they've said Sam Williams hands down wins every time. Look, it looks as though I need to get a humble pie put in the oven quite early. <laughs> yeah, let's start prepping that. Uh, yeah, so he, but, has, but, uh, he has been beating offensive linemen. Because as everyone may know, I am one of big Sam Williams' biggest critics, as you Nothing may know. with that. And I, 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 sorry, Lorna, you don't mate. No, I mean, I, I have a little bit more confidence in the Sam Williams pick now that after our draft shows and we had Marcus on and Marcus gave us the 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 background where you know they said that basically Sam Williams was a see ball get ball player. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. wasn't given a hell of a lot of coaching. Um, he's he's going to get the hell out coached out of him by Dan Quinn and Aiden Dirty. Um, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. And, and I- you know th- this is going this is going to be a major pick. And if if they're already saying he's ahead of the the curve on Randy Gregory, and Obviously, we know that Sam Williams has issues, but um, you know he 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 now has a kid. Um, he he's saying that he's put that behind him, and his whole focus now that he's got a kid has has changed. Um, you know, ho- hopefully he keeps keeps his hands clean and um, get gets them dirty on the field, but keeps his hands clean off the field. And you know, yeah. we're looking at this. You know, this potentially could be one of the best drafts ever because, again, the third round pick as well, he's been turning heads as well. Yeah, well, here we go. Here's an interesting one on him then. So here we go. Jalen Tolbert, um, yes, has been flashing big time. And they've said that this is a guy who looks more like, like, as some people said, a second round pick. Have been using him extremely heavily in the slot this week. I'm really trying to see what he can provide yeah. as a slot receiver is a big one. Um, they did look at some special teams work with him, which is quite interesting. I'll get to that in a moment too. Um, uh, if I just go to the comments, because it was all in there. Uh, so Jalen Tolbert, what was interesting, um, they th- he's looking more like they're going to utilize him as a big slot guy. Um, when he does play, he plays bigger than his size. Six foot one says, no way. This guy is playing much bigger than that. 
<laughs> watching him in and out of his breaks, sharp as hell. Saying so far, which includes um, uh, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, Tobit at the moment is cleanest in his breaks, and that's Ooh. as a rookie. Yeah, saying it, it's noticeable that you can really, really see it. Stems is still a bit of an issue because he's only he's a bit of a one trick pony with it. Um, uh, saying that his demand and how he's going to be used looks like he's going to be the guy to be used um, interchangeably on one side between one side and the slot, um, mm. but also on special teams. Um, yes, I'll get to the special teams in a minute as well. Another interesting one, Damone Clark. Here we go. Yeah, Damone mm. Clark, which is an interesting one. Uh, timetable. Put a yeah, timetable, question mark. Um, the answer I got is expect sooner than expected. So they've been speaking to one of the guys on the medical staff who does rehab and saying, this guy isn't far away from playing. I'm like, <laughs> the, 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 coaches, the coaches are actually disagreeing. They're going, no, this guy and what the feeling is is medically they're saying he could be okay to go um and earlier than ready but the coaches don't want to rush that the, yeah. the 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 best way i've heard it is that they are afraid of an lve situation so they don't want to bring him back too early re-aggravate the injury he disappears again in terms of reps when they expect him to take reps they said don't expect anything soon except expect more reps later towards closer to the season if he does but everything he's doing is you see it all the mental reps that he's doing behind the scrimmage and he's actually moving with the defense off field yeah. So he's making the moves, but off-field, uh, which they found quite interesting. Here's a mad one for you. The Cowboys' uh, six-round pick, their final pick, which was Devin Harper. Uh, oh, boy. He's been flashing. <laughs> they are saying this guy, they could not believe what they were seeing. He is uh, an athletic linebacker, um, has been all over the field, been utilized in a number of different ways. Um, really, really like him. Um, people are saying that he's completely surprised. They're saying he's going to be a gunner, uh, on special teams. Expect it that they are going to keep him. He will be a guy on there because he's just that perfect role for it. In terms of gunners, mind you, every single player, um, in terms of skill position, defensive backs, and what have you, all been doing special teams work. They've really, really been focusing on special teams work, is a big one. Uh, talking of that, though, the kicker, Garibay, uh, hasn't really been doing much at all. Um, we've yeah. obviously released the one kicker, um, which they think is more of a, like a um, uh, like a roster sort of situation that they do expect to bring another kicker back. Whether it's the same one, they don't know, but they will be bringing another one in. He's not going to be the sole kicker on this team um, come camp. Um a lot of people are saying they like what they see or what they hear when they talk to him. Um, but on that, it, it's fairly quiet. But a lot of special teams work. In terms of undrafted free agent, uh, Drummond, the wide receiver, um, they're saying has all the skills, has the body type, has the skills. Um, but Fry Frogel has been showing his skills off 
to a higher yeah. degree than Drummond. So what they're saying is that there's a bit of an issue here that they like Drummond for what he can provide to the roster, but Fry Fogel has been playing his role, what he can do at a better level. So it, it, it's frustrating them a bit um, is the best way to say um, how they feel about that because they're saying expect wide receivers to be on this roster because we're so wide receiver uh, dependent. And they're saying special teams is going to be a big role. TJ Vasher, um, who they're saying is going to make strides this year. Expect to see that. Undrafted free agent showings, though. Isaac Taylor Stewart flashing, saying he is showing off the skills. Um, the best rookie so far, I've been told, in terms of the defend all the defensive backs, safeties and corners, the best guy that they have seen so far is Marquise Bell from Florida A&M. It's one of the guys we actually thought we we actually ended up drafting so late yeah. on in the rounds, and he's yeah. now eight. Man, yeah, it's I know it's an early prediction and stuff like that, but man, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, like but man, from from all what the reports are saying right now, it sounds like he's he's going to be destined to be on this roster. The way, yeah, they, are, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, go on, go on, Malone. His his uncle, um, if you want a tie-in for the Cowboys as well, his uncle was college roommates with Everson Walls when they were at Grambling together. Yeah. Um, so there's that tie-in. Everson Walls has taken him under his wing as well. So, you know, obviously the, the, there'll be a lot of coaching coming from Everson Walls as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's certainly got a tie-in. He's got sponsors within the organization, so you know it's it's looking good for him at the moment. Yeah, he just needs uh, to uh, show up. And what was funny is because I asked about Ferguson, uh, well, let's go bland as well, and John Ridgeway. Uh, um, John Ridgeway's had the thumbs up, but it seems to be those guys are more the quieter ones, and the earlier picks and the, the later undrafted free agent players seem to be the ones. Uh, that are shining at the moment. They're really showing off their skills. So it seems to be the either end of the drafts. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be uh, doing well. But Bridgeway, they're saying that they hasn't done anything wrong. Um, but they just they, they they they're concerned about more of just that that single utility role of what he's providing at the moment. Yeah, and I mean with with some of the receivers as well, they were sort of ham hamstrung by the quarterbacks that they had last week, seemingly. If you if you look yeah, yeah. if you look to the Friday practice, balls were going absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Saturday Saturday was, was too. It, yeah, Saturday it was windy and there was a few mm -hmm. balls going, you know, and to your point as well, seemingly Jalen Tobert, he went back to field a punt at one point and the yeah. wind caught it and ended up bouncing eight yards away from him or something like that as well. Yeah. So yeah. um you know, he, he didn't good, do a good job of tracking it there, whether the wind caught it last second or whatever. But, um, you know, yeah. it, it, it's difficult. The rookie orientation, as Mike McCarthy calls it, it's difficult to actually um, focus on it unless you've got a, a draft pick quarterback um, throwing the ball. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it was quite interesting because there seems to be a lot of emphasis on 
um, rushing the passer, defending the rush, and then special teams. That seemed to be the more the emphasis with the rookies at this stage. Um, but we'll keep looking into the news. I'll keep hounding, as always, and trying to get some um, insider. The Jalen Tolbert guy seems to be standing out the most at the moment, is the guy a lot of people are raving about. Um, kicker is going to be an interesting one. Undrafted free agents we'll get to as we get through each position, uh, which we will start now, guys. Let's get to the positional breakdown series and talk about um, the running backs on uh, the Cowboys roster. Let's start with the main guy, Zeke. 26 years of age on a six-year contract with 90 million. Um, he's on this roster till 2027, and that's when he becomes an uh, uh, a unrestricted free agent. Um, this year he is 18.2 million against the cap, which is quite significant, especially for a running back. Um, what's your thoughts, first of all, guys? Let's get get this um out the way just before we get into the just the stats side of it all. What do you guys feel about Zeke? Because a lot of people have issues with him. I have no issue at all, personally. I don't like I'm with you. Like <sighs> It's. I mean, I can. I can understand the narrative of why people could be upset. Yeah, he's a high earner. Mm-hmm. He maybe not be gaining as much yards, but a lot of that can be down to how our offense. Like, if our offensive line are not opening up the gaps, then where's our running? Where's our run game? Yeah, you know what I mean. And it was the exact same for Pollard. Like Pollard was getting hit in the backfield, so it's. It's, it's that weird domino effect. It's like you cannot mm-hmm. criticize the running back if he's not getting past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Simple as. Yeah. And I mean, it it turned out for all, all all games last season as well. I mean, you know, you can't question his durability. Yes, okay, he was injured, um, but he was still out there for over eighty percent of the plays. Um, you know, and he was putting it he was doing what was required of him. He was, you know, trying to get the yards. He was standing in there blocking for Dak. Um, he, he was coming out and um, tr- catching passes out of the backfield. Obviously, him and Dak were off a, a few times and, you know, there was a few passes that sort of sailed over his head or mm-hmm. um, just didn't didn't go to his hands correctly. But, you know, Zeke's out there battling um you know I'll, i compare that to as i say the likes of derek henry who wasn't there for half the season yeah um you know and I, i'd much rather have a guy that's on the field given given that it's all whether he's injured or not um yeah i, I mean what's your take Rich? just give me your initial thoughts um initial thoughts is he's perfectly fine get him a decent line You'll see the uh, the return on investment per se go up. Well, here's the thing: what it was, both in terms of the rush and in terms of um, probably, I'd, I'd think there'd be an increase in his um, pass catching ability. Not yeah, that I think yeah, that yeah. should be used as much, but I think what happens will be better because Dak will ultimately have more time. So it was a lot yeah. of time yeah. when plays broke down, and typically those plays were run. Um, he had people all up in his face. Well, I mean, like, but at this point, Lorne, you, you attested to it, to his uh, durability uh, and 
Um, you know, that he will keep going. Bear in mind, he played most of the season with an LCL injury, as we found out yeah. later on. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, they have issues with Zeke. But let's put it just this way, that last season still finishes on a 1,000 yards, rushing yard season, 1,033 yards. That's in the top 10. That ranks eighth. Touchdowns, he had 10 of them. Yeah, that ranks seventh. Fumbles, only one. Only one fumble. Watch as an improvement compared to last season. Exactly. Yep. All right. Runs of 10 plus yards. Yeah. So 10 plus yards or more explosive plays. 24. Ranks at eighth. Uh, first downs, he had 59. That ranks six. So he's in the top 10 in all the most significant stats that you need for a running back. But I didn't finish there. I went diving a little deeper because we all say, Zeke's biggest um, uh, positive or strength to his game is his pass blocking ability. So let's look into that, shall we? So pass block snaps, a minimum of 55 pass block attempts, okay? It's not that much for a season, but that's what I went for because otherwise it gets too convoluted with all the other players that have like one pass block and all the rest of it. So here do I. So he had 76 attempts. That ranked rank six in the NFL. Of those 76, he allowed a pressure on 13%. That ranks in terms of um pressure percentage allowed. His is 13%. That's first in the NFL. So we're right. It is the strongest part of his game. Yep, and those two comments there, perfectly right, Joe said. Um, there was more than a couple of times where Zeke straight up saved Dak. The least one quite early on in the season from literally getting pretty much knocked the F out. It probably would have been, um, or at least very close. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a big proponent of his game. It yeah. is definitely. He, he is... From when you listen to this, you hear what he did last season. He is a consensus top 10 running back. And as we said earlier, I think it was Paul, while injured. Now, the only real difference, and this may sound a bit crazy initially, but bear with me. The only real difference between him and Tyron Smith is that people are more conscious of how much Zeke gets paid. Mm. Yep. Because you it's still true. keep Tyron Smith around because when he's healthy, or even when he's 80%, he is one of the best players in this league at his position. And Zeke mm. has shown exactly the same thing last year. Whether people like it or not, the stats don't lie. He has been consistently top 10 and easily he's inside top of the top 10 in yeah. a lot of those mm-hmm. things. And with an inconsistent line as well. Yeah. See, yeah. and, and here's the difference uh, between when you're using college stats and NFL stats. NFL stats, it's an even playing field, whereas, whereas in college, you've got levels of competition. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. whereas, in the, whereas in the NFL, it's... Men versus men. Men versus men. Exactly, Mike. So, mm-hmm. And this is where stats does matter in the NFL compared to likes of college. Yeah. Even yeah, more yeah. so. Uh, and, you know, going back to when we were talking about Zeke's um, blocking, if you want to go back and have a look at any game last season, you go, well, what's his blocking like? Go to the San Francisco game where he blocks two players in one snap. Yep. Yeah. It takes out two players. It, it blocks two players in one go. It takes one down and gets to the other one, gets back up and just knocks the other one down. 
Both of them are just flat out on the floor, and Zeke's st just still standing up. So that just tells you everything you need to know. And, you know, we've said before about Zeke with, with his blocking. That is why they drafted him, because he was the best. And, and it's hard to find a running back coming out of college who is good at pass blocking. Or certainly it's hard to find one that is good at pass blocking and can rush the ball. Um, and, you know, that, that's Zeke for you. For me, I think he is worth the money. Now, the good news is, is in the next two seasons, that money goes down. Um, it's still high. It's still like 16 and 14 uh, mil against Capiture. They do have an out if they really wanted to. But for me personally, the way I hear like Stephen and Joe Jones talk about Zeke, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't yeah. Know I, 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 unless his numbers severely drop off this year, yeah. I, I would expect that Zeke's still here at least another year, if nothing else. Um, I think you've all the criticism that, uh, and again, um, DJ Dog mentioned it. Do you agree with him being a fourth, uh, uh, the f number fourth pick? And then you add in the fact that he held out and you know forced us, forced uh, the Joneses hand to to pay him this money. Um, you know, if if he'd waited another year or so, um. You know, perhaps he would have got the money still, but um, or perhaps Dallas would have moved on. You don't know, but mm. the fact that he actually um, sort of hamstrung the Joneses into making this contract that 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 causes the ire. Um, yeah, but you, I get it though. Think about the court, the running back position. Go out and get our yeah. money because it's a short-lived. It's short-lived. Shelf yeah. life's what five. Six years. He's he's twenty six. He's twenty six really? now. And I've looked at the um, the analysis on running backs, and they usually peak. Their peak year statistically is when they hit twenty seven. Twenty eight is fairly close to it again, but then twenty nine it comes down, and thirty it just drops off like a shell. Like yep. it 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 goes progressively up like this, teeters, and then it just goes down really sharp. Yeah. Very sharp, and, and 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 you've only you've only had the odd guy like Frank Gore or Emmett Smith who have managed yeah. to have a career after the age of thirty. To be honest, yeah, yeah. But um, even then, like when you talk about like Frank Gore, even Emmett Smith, when he went to Arizona, yeah. you look what he did there. But like you know, like Frank Gore, you look at like the from thirty on, they're not blowing it out the water. They're just trundling. They're just doing enough. You know, it's yeah. just like a, a, yeah. it's just more like a consistency rather than explosive plays that you get with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, Zeke, interesting to see what he's going to bring. Has been doing quite well. They've clocked him at nearly twenty-three miles an hour uh, running during one training. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I'll go with that. Next guy we'll talk about though is uh, Tony Pollard. Uh, 25 mm -hmm. years of age, on his fourth and final year on his rookie contract. He's 1.1 mil against the cap next year, unrestricted free agent. Last year, um, quite interesting uh, for Tony because um, although he only had 134 attempts, finishes on 733 yards, two touchdowns. What is significant, though, on all of that, 28 first downs, which ranks in the top 30 amongst running backs, um, is but this is what is crazy. His uh yards after contact 
per average run is 3.57 yards. That's third in the NFL. His breakaway percentage chance of 30.4% ranks eighth and 15 plus yards. Um, so in terms of explosive plays of 15 plus yards, he has nine, which ranks ninth. So he's in the top 10 in explosive plays. Now, if you look at it contextually, and I don't know what you guys think, this is more of, of course, he's going to have these big breakaway runs because Zeke's doing a lot of the dirty work within the first half. Once that line's broken down, then they're playing Tony. Yeah, I don't know. But what, what do you think, guys, on Tony? I think he's an incredibly good running back who has been mm -hmm. utilized in the right way. I think what yeah. you've seen on paper, which is incredibly good so far, will only improve with a better line. Um, I think it could be a very interesting offseason. I think Dallas should pay him. I worry that they won't, but I think they should, if obviously he carries on the way that I hope and expect that he will this year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's been very serviceable. He, you know, not only as a change of pace back to um, Zeke, Zeke's handled the the inside run. You've had him running the outside run. Yeah, and I don't I don't think we scratched the surface. You and I briefly discussed last week when we were talking about him in passing that potentially you could actually use him as a, a Debo Samuel style. Yeah. Um, so bring him out of the back, bring him out, line him up in the backfield, swing him out to a, a wide receiver position, create a mismatch there, line him up as a wide receiver. Last, you know, have him do the jet sweeps, the end of rounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got that potential there. He, what he showed last year, I think, in the Minnesota, uh, no, it was New Orleans game, I think, when Zeke mm -hmm. was limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, you showed that he can handle the ball um, at least 15, 16 times a game. Um, he's, he's not the work horse back that Zeke is, but, you know, if Zeke went down for a couple of weeks, you know, you, the offense would be in good hands with him. Um, he's got the breakaway. He's got the breakaway capabilities which yeah. Zeke hasn't had recently. Um, you know, and it just it just they they complement each other really well. So, um, yeah, I I could see us uh, looking to keep him next year as well. Um, again, if it, if he continues on that same trajectory as well. Yeah, I mean, do you want to weigh in on on it, Paul? I mean, I tell you what, Paul. Here's one thing I'll ask you. They use Tony a lot on special teams, right? Um, 1,500 yards on kick and punt returns. Has took one to the house last year. Um, was amazing. Start the game off with it. And I was just like, oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, they do use him on special teams a lot. If you wanted to utilize him more uh, as a guy that you want to use as this utility piece, um, or the Swiss Army knife, moving him um, up and down the line, moving him in various positions. Do you mm -hmm. think that's going to be a role they'll have to take off him, which is why they're looking at special teams so much? Mm, I think they'll still utilise him in special teams, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, because the reliability but, provides for it, uh, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm kind of going back to what Rich was saying. Like I, I, I like Tony a lot. Mm -hmm. I would, I, I, I would, I would pay him to keep him, but 
the way how things are kind of going right now with the running back market right now, it's basically a dog-eat-dog world right now. They'll find mm. someone else cheaper and more expendable to bring in after okay. Tony. And that's what I'm kind of worried about. So, um, because uh, we're, we're seeing, well, like, like it's a hard day coming up. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's now in the raw, well, he, he got pushed into the roster at the end of the season type of thing. He, yeah. did, he made an impact in that game that didn't really mean anything, but still, there's, there's glimpses of what he can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to remember. I can't even remember at the top of my head. Did we bring any running backs from the undrafted free agents at all? We did. We'll get to them in a second. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, because here it is with Tony. I think he'd be on the field a lot more if he knew how to pass block. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. That that I yeah, find that, 100%. and and seeing that, and that's the difference. That's why Zeke is a more of a total package running back. Mm. Like, well, you could say like so the difference between Zeke and Pollard's style of a running back is very different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pollard's more yeah. elusive. Zeke's more more that power style running mm-hmm. back, smash yeah. mouth football. You can hear it. You can hear. Oh, yeah. The like, like, like yeah. you can, yeah. you can, you can hear the clatter. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, like, Paul has got the more like the 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 the, 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 the juicy about. Yeah, he's got a bit more wiggle to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. The, the different types of styles. Mm. Completely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd say I'd say Pollard Pollard isn't afraid to block. He's no, no, just no. not. The, 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 he's, the, he's not powerful the, enough. The, the, the only person that I've ever seen Zeke have difficulty blocking is Aaron Donald and Christ, there's offensive line that have difficulty blocking Aaron Donald, yeah, let, yeah, alone, yeah. let alone running back. That's backs. kind of fair enough. Um, you know, Paul, Pollard could do the work. Uh, going back to the point about special teams, I think ultimately the reason why we're looking at, you know, McCarthy's looking at ideas for special teams is not only... Tony Pollard, I think, yeah. obviously, we'll be discussing next week. Yeah. Uh, if CD Lamb is becoming your number one receiver, you're not gonna, you're not gonna want him returning punts unless it's yes. to to try and create something. And CD Lamb, to be honest, hasn't really done anything to to generate a buzz on special teams. So mm-hmm. anything that you can do to to get right. that um, Pollard. You know they're quite high on the next guy that we're probably going to talk about, which is Rico Daldo. He's yes. he's quite a good return man as well. So mm-hmm. I could see them handing that off, particularly the kickoff returns. I could see them handing that off to Daldo. Um, yeah. Well, I that, mean, that you, you transition up. to it. Let's talk about Daldo. Twenty-three years of age. Last year on IR, he's a restricted free agent in twenty twenty-three. He's only eight hundred and twenty-five k against the cap. So far, we've seen seven uh, attempts for 40, 24 yards and one first time. But as you've already alluded to, Lorne, continue talking about Rico. Um, seen him a lot on special teams. He's played 15 games la- uh, in 2020. Um, and he also had four tackles on special teams. Um, yeah. And if you remember, he had a, I think it was a 50 plus yard kickoff return in, in 2020 as well. So, yeah. You know that that shows the explosiveness he has as a as a kick return man. Um, 
I can't remember. Did he play any? He played a few games last season, didn't he? Before going no, on to IR, so no. or was it no? No, he didn't play any. Right. Okay. So it, it must be twenty twenty then that he yeah. he played a few a few snaps at the end, and um, you know, again, again, you saw what was there. It for for a guy that was transitioning, again, he was a UDFA, and um, you know, t- to get the production that he did towards the tail end of that season when we were sort of mailing it in, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. you know, and he he obviously got the coaches um, respect. They brought him back last season and they kept him on when, you know, when he went to IR, they could have quite easily said, no, we'll move on. Thanks. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So they, they feel there's something there. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know, Paul, you, you already touched on him, so I'm going to let you talk about this guy. Uh, he's the hard knock hero, Jaquan Hardy, 24 years of age. He's on a two year deal, 824K uh, against the cap. Um, he did showcase, as you've already mentioned, what he is capable of in the Eagles game. When the Cowboys were ahead, they stuck him on. Um, yep. Finished with a 22 yard touchdown, 8.7 yard average. <laughs> Had three attempts in that game though for twenty six yards. Tell me about Jaquan. It's very compact. He's like he literally is like for such a small. Well, me personally, I think it's quite a small running back in general. Yeah. But yeah. he has a lot of power behind him for sure. Like, I, like if you're trying to make a comparison with the players that we've got on our roster right now, he seems to be he's got. That little bit of listening for Pollard, but he's also got that power of Zeke, mm-hmm. and he, he, yeah. he, he's like a 50 50 percent of each type. He's like that type of hybrid type of running back where you can mm-hmm. actually use him in different scenarios. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of fits what by Kellen wanted them in the team, like yeah. to keep keeping in the, the roster. Well, practice squad, then bring them into the roster because. There's so many ways you can utilize him. Obviously, mm-hmm. he had it. Obviously, we saw he had the struggles during training camp, yeah. Um, stuff like that. But does any player coming into the NFL undrafted, etc., they've got a lot to get up on, like a lot to catch mm-hmm. up for, and they're trying to make mm-hmm. the team, etc. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Know, now we know it's expected, but with now him having a good off season, he's like, like, like you said, there, Mike, he's got one, what, one year left in his contract, uh, two years. Oh, two years. Oh, there you go. So he's got more time. He can actually work in the offseason along with Zeke with some proper O-line, not O-line, uh, running back coaching, build up his physique a bit more, like just get more into the weight room, learn more, uh, work along with Dak perhaps. Like, so it's um, it's promising for him for sure, but whether it's uh, he's got a lot of competition like to be that third running back pretty much, yeah. I would say. Well, I, I'm going to let Rich talk about the next guy, and then I'm going to ask you all a question on these three guys we just spoke about. So the next guy is the free agent acquisition from the Bears, Ryan Nall, uh, taken in 2018 by the Bears. He's with the Cowboys on a one-year deal, just shy of a million, 960s, 26 years of age, big power back type guy. Hasn't really been used as a running back. More special teams. Uh, took 137 snaps on special teams for the, for the Bears. Um, I mean, what what do you know about him? Do you want to talk about him at all? I'm 
Well, I mean, yeah, we're going to talk about him because he deserves it credit. What you know, just due credit. Yeah. He's he's there at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. I do, I am curious if I can get my words out. Bleh. Um, I'm curious as to why he's there and what the intention is. Um, if he's just there to fill a pure role of just hammering against the door. I mean, obviously he's down down the food chain. I'm just wondering if maybe they're going to try and do something in the outside of special teams and actually bring him in in certain situations when they're ahead. Okay. Um, and just hammer the door just to try and keep teams honest but not commit miles on the clock for Zeke or anyone else. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because like you said, he is very strong. He is more like a battering ram just downhill. If you're just going to hand the ball off and try and smash through, basically, that could be quite interesting. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe in some um, short yardage goal line situations, maybe just to try and completely smash through. Mm-hmm. I, I think the preseason would be interesting to see how he goes as to whether he can maybe take a step up to maybe then when you get later in the season and you want to start resting up if we see him a bit more towards the end. Um, or if it is just purely, he's there, see how he develops, mostly probably just a camp body and see where he goes and goes on a practice squad, what have you. But it's it makes me curious because you do have, like Paul said, that nice 50-50. Mm, the blending, Hardy, yeah. Yeah. Which is really um, good because he, he showed really good agility, but he's not fast. He's just able to weave through traffic and get through and hits hard. So you've yeah. got that option there. You know, he hits hard, but he can he has a problem with generally taking what's there. Or he had yeah. before. Yeah. He, he was pretty good when he did play. There was an improvement and he definitely needs to work with Zeke because of that. I know I'm covering two plays here, sorry, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I, I I'm wondering what they want to do. Um, to if they have anything specific in mind with him. Well, to me, I think Ryan Nall is the um, safety blanket for Rico Dowdle. Because um, mm. here's the question I've got, right? Jaquan Hardy, I think we're all in agreement. You're not going to use him on special teams? Or, or there's a possibility? Maybe not? I mean, what's the Maybe, but not, I'm not looking to. Yeah. Personally. So... Here's my problem with these three guys, right? Is you, I, they certainly are going to keep one of them, right? Hmm. Jaquan Hardy, he's a nice change of pace back. He offers you something different in the backfield in his skill set. And hmm. we've already seen that he will, if defenses are, are, are flagging, he will take you down. He's got the ability to do it. Um, yeah. He's erasing the hole, if you like, that you can use back there. The issue is, is you can't use them on special teams. The other two guys, Rico Dial and Ryan Nall, give you special teams capabilities. They give you that option. So my question to you is, of these three guys, and they they obviously like Dowdle, but the injury concerns with him coming back, how is that going to be? We don't know. Nall has never really taken much in terms of carries. Um, I think he's got like, on in his career, he's got like four carries. Um, yeah. with Chicago. So my question is, of the three guys, who would you want to take as your RB3? And I'll start with you, Lorne, because I know you're itching to go there. Well, yeah. I, th- I mean, we're, we're asking what Null brings to the table. I think Null is your replacement for Shiwu. Um, yeah. yeah. In that he has the ability to be a, a fullback, I was gonna say uh, without, without, fullback without being a dedicated fullback. Mm-hmm. He he also has the ability that you could suddenly go to a single 
you you could flex whoever's there with him out to a wide receiver again, creating a mixed match. Trying um, to create and, that, and you um, still you still got him as a power back in mm. in a single back set as well. Um, so do you think that so Lal is like that Jusic kind of what like how they're trying to project him with San Fran? I think this is the plan: is that they're going to try and use him that that way. Um, you know, it almost goes back to the sort of Tom Rathman days as well, back in the, yeah, the yeah, early nineties yeah. with with the the Forty Niners. Um, he's he's not he's not a Daryl Moose Johnston, but he is that <laughs> sort of Tom, Tom Tom Rathman as well. So um, yeah. I think that's what you're probably looking at. Um, I could potentially see us. I think the plan. I think probably the plan was that we were going to use four running backs last year. Now, mm-hmm. um, so I I could see if Daldo stays fit and healthy and makes it through training camp, I could see us going in with now as that as I say as that sort of fullback. Um, Daldo is your number three, um, and we no. take it from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? Har- Hardy's probably another practice squad for another year. I think so. What about you, Paul? Which way are you going? Honestly, not draw stupid there. I really don't. Like, <laughs> like, it, Let I mean, preseason games figure it out at this yeah, stage with, with it. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm at that stage now. I think it was, it's going to see how well whoever the running backs on getting snaps, how well they fit based on the play, the mm-hmm. etc. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna make a comment on who I think RB three is gonna be yet. I'm gonna wait to preseason. Preseason, yeah. What about yeah. you, Rich? You going with that or are you gonna give me a prediction? I'm I'm quite similar. I don't I kinda wanna play the preseason, see how it goes okay. and go there. But I I do really like what Jake Van Hardy can do. I like the fact, really like the fact that he is a bit of a mismatch of your two, your one and two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how he navigates traffic. The main problem for him, like I touched on earlier, coming out of college, was that he looked for the flashy plays and he kind of needed to see what was there and maybe take that sometimes. Because yeah. he's shown he can do the biggest stuff. But I, I, but it is a problem. And I don't know it is for the Cowboys as well, is if you're on that the edge of that bubble is what can you do for me on special teams? And he don't really fulfill that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, Rico, if Rico's healthy, then yeah, I'm happy with that. And I, you know, I won't be upset. It's, well, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't know. Because here's, here's the tricky part is just to confuddle things a bit more is you've got mm-hmm. that, that H back role. Uh, the Jake mm-hmm. Ferguson is looking to try and take, but you already have a guy that can fulfill that role with fullback Nick Ralston, 25 years of age, undrafted free agent in 2021. On a two year deal, he's restricted free agent in 24. This year, 820 against the cap. Um, no, but and, you know, we're talking about Nal being the guy, Ralston could also be that guy as well. Yeah, um, I think that these pair are fighting for that position. And you've got Dowdle and um, Hardy jostling for possibly another. Although I'm with you, I think Hardy goes to the practice squad for a second year, fulfilling that. So then next yeah. year they have to make a decision on what they're going to do with him. 
Because don't forget, Ralston can give you special teams ability as well. Is it? But is he not more of a fullback though? He is very much. That's what I'm saying. He's more of that that H back fullback role. Yeah, he, pure as well. Pure. Wait, right, the way how things are kind of well, not the rumors are kind of been going about, but I think he will have definitely have more of a role what um had Keith Smith had. I think. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like that pure fullback paving away for Zeke, which we've which, seen before, what, as you said, and works. Absolutely. So, and plus, like, and I'm just seeing DG Dog's comment there. Like, the guy bloody posts semi trucks. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that just shows you how much of a, a unit this. And look, well, it. yeah, it can shift. I, I mean, I don't know really much else that I can really say. Like, I would like to have a guy that would, would actually not deliver blocker to someone to pave mm. the way. Like, have that running, like that, that running start into someone, like clear, like knock a lane back or ten feet yeah. back, back. Absolutely. Yeah, just get him out of the way. And Absolutely. Lane. And and, and, I, and this I, is I, what this is what the team needs. And and, and mm. I and I think and this is kind of credit to. When we did have Keith Smith in the roster, it's like you saw how complimentary he was to Zeke. Mm. How, like, especially in those two, like, was it two or three seasons before Keith left? Uh, two, two. maybe. Well, well, you saw that, but that's mm. when you started seeing that slight decline from the fans' perspective. Like, mm. or, like even though the stats were still there, but you wanted getting that attractive playmaking from like from the fullback position to help accommodate the run game. Yeah, because there are some yeah. running backs that, that need to see the field, you know, that they have limited vision, so they need to be able to see what's going yeah. on ahead of they them. There are other running backs that are better with somebody paving the way for them, and Zeke is certainly that guy. I don't know what you think. I think he operates better. When there is someone, with a guy ahead. Away. and I think, yeah, yeah, and I think history shows that it's a case of, I mean, ultimately, it's there's very few people, especially when you're going up against a loaded box, which is primarily what the Cowboys typically come up against, yeah, at the start of every game. There's very few people in the world, certainly in the NFL, that can go and smash through and get to the second level on a loaded box. No one that can do it time after time after time, definitely not for a whole season. So, you mm -hmm. need that. Just generally, it's a physical impossibility to do it umpteen times a game, every game, seventy. Well, you know, with the bye week games in a row, um, it, it definitely is needed. But yeah, Zeke is hundred percent when he's had lanes, and it doesn't have to be anything big. But when he's had a lane, the gap he can shoot and he can get through then into the second level. That's when he's lethal, because then he will start beating people and knock them out of the way. He's hard to bring down. He's harder to bring down for those guys at the second level. It's doable, yeah. but it's a lot harder for them. Mm. I, do, I, I, I like it. I like Ralston. I like the special team's ability he will bring, um, but I just think that it's between him um, and Noll, and Noll just gives you a little bit more in what he can provide um, in the fullback role. But the last two guys will just quickly... Um, move into who I think, uh, you know, when their names got called up to the Cowboys, I bet they were just their heart sank. Is Malik Davis from Florida and Aaron Champlin, uh, from Harvard, UDFA's brought in. 
Um, Harvard, not really known for their running backs, so <laughs> there is that. Malik Davis went through to have a little look at what he can do. He does offer some in kick return. But what do you think, guys? Do you think these guys are just on, like, the heaviest path in the NFL possible? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're both facing hard slog, especially, oh, yeah. you know potentially you know if you if you miss out on somebody like hardy once you when the cuts come down you could maybe bring one of these guys if they've flashed in training camp um you could bring them on the practice squad school them for a year and then see what you've got next year yeah um yeah. but i mean it, once you get past pollard and zeke i think all, all again all of these it's, options it's, all, it's all of these uh, positions are open um and we've seen it before guys who have monster camps and end up be beating out some of these guys that have were the third stringer the year before um you know and they end up coming on the roster and making it theirs for a couple of years so um they certainly should be going into training camp saying i've got everything to play for um you know and not coming in on going oh god i've got a i've got zeke i've got pollard in front of me and then it's difficult to get on the roster if you can put if you can put the work in and show the flashes and get the coaches trust then yeah you're in so yeah yeah i mean there's a way that, that these guys can carve out. i just think that they're on just a very dark road uh to try and get in but you never know you never know what will flash as you say um this league is scattered full with um you know these undrafted free agents where you think there's no chance and suddenly there is i mean the best um argument there is dak dak was the third quarterback on the roster and look where that ended up yeah you, um, see also i mean you look at um yeah you look at you look at the way uh denver also churn out running backs and you know yeah. philip lindsay philip lindsay's just signed this week to indianapolis so they're going to have a good one-two punch with uh, jonathan taylor as well mm -hmm. um you know so that's that's um you know it, it shows that free agent running backs can survive in this league and flourish in this league yeah. as well so yeah, that's it. Um, and he did, you know, Philip Lindsay exploded on the scene in Denver. He was like, wow. Um, but that is all the Cowboys running backs on this roster, unless they sign any more. Um, but always go back to this to have a listen to the numbers, the facts, the figures. Um, that's what it's handy for. Um, yeah, yeah, this is true. Yeah, there could be yeah, that going on. Yeah, yeah. so for our Spotify listeners and stuff like that, uh, DJ Dog just put the comment that we should brace ourselves in need of the draft that would lead the running back in the next year's draft based off Zeke and Paula's contracts. Mm -hmm. Zeke, well, Paula could potentially be gone because he's unrestricted uh, free agent action. You have an out on Zeke, so there is any possibility on that one. It'd be interesting to see. No one's safe. No one is ever safe. But give us the read, Paul, on this baby. Yes. So, guys, if you're planning on to a Dallas Cowboys game this season, like I am, I am going to go with CowboysExperience.com for the ultimate meet and great game day package experience. Be sure you get to meet players like, uh, a, as you can see, Michael Gallup, Sat Martin, Travis Frederick, and many, many more. Hall of Famers like Drew Pearson for the meet and greets. 
Barry and Michael of Cowboys Ian will treat you like absolute royalty, give you the best available tickets as possible as part of your package, and much, much more. But guys, if you want to get a really good deal on this uh, incredible package, be sure you use the code UK Cowboys. And guys, what do you get if you use the code? Three stuff. Stuff. And then I'll let Lorne kick us in with this one. Yeah, so be sure to check out um, our friends here with uh, obviously all the Cowboys media hanging the boys, uh, talking Cowboys, the break, etc. Um, blogging the boys uh, with our very own Paul Stewart as well. Um, make sure you check out the World's team on a Sunday. Uh, Katie's Funhouse, Law Nation. Uh, <sighs> The lists there go and check them out um you know you can never listen to enough podcasts and expand your mind this is true this is true um so we will be back next thursday looking at what do you want to do guys should we do tight ends then wide receivers i think tight end will be a good one actually yes there's a there's a lot to digest in that one. But, uh, should we do tight ends then? And then do I wide receivers? Okay. I think we should, yeah. Tight ends, wide receivers, O-line. That's how we'll do it. All right. Um, so we can be tight ends next week. We'll try and get a special guest in as well, who uh, is um, supposed to be on tonight, but things change. So we'll try and get the special guest on for next week. Also, keep an eye out because there is some news coming up about UK Cowboys in 2023. So uh, that is coming like literally either next week or the week after. It's literally everything's almost signed, sealed and delivered on that. Uh, But for myself and the guys, we'll see you all next week. And we'll let these three finish the show off. See you later, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, have a great have a great week, guys. See you next week.